0: Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your Entertainment Corner, Kelsey Loisel, and with me today is my co-host.
1: Refrigerator. That's the refrigerator. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenHeat. Net.
0: <laughs> Don't you mean com net?
1: I wonder if that's possible. You can type in like net.net then com and then ORG and then ED and
0: GOV
1: and then GOV and then shit just blows blows up (laughs)
0: blows up the internet. You learned learned the secret destruction code of the universe. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Um, that's okay because the worst mistake that you can make Mm -hmm. is to think you're alive when. You're When really you're asleep in life's waiting room.
1: That's like some philosophical mind shit you just try to pull on me.
0: I do that all the time.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. last night. No, we won't talk about last night. <laughs> that was taking me to a bad place.
0: <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal to ease in real. And you can email us at TheRealAppeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on iTunes, then we'll get noticed. And our segments for the show this week are our recent review of Deep Water.
1: Oh, what the hell. Okay. Our mistake. Actually, my mistake. Not Deep Water. Uh, Cuz I did not change the docket. <laughs> what? Apollo 10 and a half.
0: Apollo ten and a half. and a half a space age childhood
1: yeah space age childhood that loud bang was something falling in the background so don't worry we're not <laughs> it's
0: okay because it was like no i know you got not it not deep water you got it wrong <laughs> um our what the fuck did we just watch segment is morbius <laughs> ooh, ooh, mark boy. was on the fence about that because he's like i want to shit on a movie i was like we have to
1: yeah then i saw the movie and i was like yeah this movie needs to get shit on
0: (laughs) um well you posted something on the page
1: on the real appeal oh uh uh, tagline and it's moon Knight said
0: random shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and our geriatric cinematic is waking life which came out in 2001 and our (laughs) turpic what's our turpic
1: uh, one step, one step for man, one giant leap for rotoscoping. Ta 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 ta. Oh, I didn't tell you part two of the scammer trying to scam my mom. No. Okay, so um, just so you know, everybody can catch up. Um, my mother had. Called me um, while Kelsey and I were attending WonderCon, and she had said that uh, she had got an email from PayPal saying like there's like this weird charge on her account, and to like call this number. And my mom, she is uh she's up there in age you know she's 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 the target of. you
0: don't know how old she is I don't, they
1: say you never give a woman's age i don't give my mom everyone age.
0: knows who how old their mom is
1: honestly i don't
0: i know that's what i'm saying that's weird because <laughs> you know, my mom she never like tells me i'm like mom like how
1: old are you she's like fuck you i going to tell you no she doesn't say that she's just like i don't, she's like she goes mom her woman never tells i'm like what i don't know
0: your it's, fam- it's different it's family yeah. it's not like you're some random stranger i know
1: right i mean i know her birthday but i don't know like the, the year. year um normally i have to ask like my ex-in-laws uh like my ex my ex-father not my real ex-father-in-law but we just call him that for short um my ex-father-in-law i asked him what his birthday is and then i'm like okay i'm like oh that's my mom's age because they're about the same age mm. um but um, my mom is, is that targeted, uh, is that is that type of target for scammers where they're like, you know, oh, you have to call this number. Uh, we're going to walk you through on your computer to, to do this, this, and this and everything to make sure you're not scammed and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So my mom, my mom's already, my mom's paranoid to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. she's already she's already very paranoid and
0: that's why she called you yeah she's she, like wait a minute
1: yeah so she called me and she was like Mark this you know, guy called me says I there's some charges on PayPal that like they started telling her that like they, they probably like tapped her phone lines they're gonna they're gonna have access to her credit card all this kind of stuff and she said that they the person over the phone was trying to convince her mm, to go to uh, the Google Play Store and download this app onto her phone, mm-hmm. right? And he was going to walk her through the process and everything, right? But my mom is playing dumb. She's like, "Oh, I don't see this app. I don't know what you're talking about." blah blah blah. Is this app called AnyDesk? Okay.
0: Wow, that sounds like I can remote into something. It is. It's a re- it's a
1: remote uh remote service that you can that somebody can, can just get access to your phone or your or your uh laptop or computer or whatever right Mm -hmm. so immediately i'm like all right mom like no it's a scammer like that dude's trying to scam you right and i told her hey like uh make sure you tell him this and i said um that your son said that we need to contact our legal aid and to find out what's what's our next move before we do anything like that and she's like okay i'll you know and like while she was talking to me on the phone um like she had the she had the guy on hold on the other phone Oh, yeah, I remember she had him on on the house phone, on his house, on her house phone, um, but like he hung up, and then he called back. Right? And She's like, "All right, man, I'll call you. I'll, I'll call you later, and um, I'll tell you what happens." Okay, cool. So I get to my I get to my mom's, and I my mom tells me what happened. She said, <laughs> she said, as soon as she told the guy, my son said that we need to contact our legal aid before we make any next move. We will contact you. The guy goes. Oh, he doesn't need to do that. Click. And then just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and my mom, she didn't understand. She was like, because she was like, Mark, um, that PayPal account I have. Uh, can you like delete it? You know, can I don't understand how they're able to to use PayPal. And she showed me the email. I'm like, Mom, that's just as to copy and paste it. That's all they got to do. Copy and paste it. And then they. Oh. And they kept saying that there's somebody at her location, at her with her address, named Marcus J Salcido that uses <laughs> her card. And my mom was like, "I don't know who that is," you know.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and I told her, I said, "Mom, like I, like I, my name is connected to this address, but it's not just my name. It's like four different variations of my names." And I was saying that I've used that. It just it just pops up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I explained to her, I'm like, "Mom, they just take like a, they just pick a name." They go by your age and everything. They think they're going to take advantage of you and this, this, and that. So it just reminded me like those times where my mom is just like, I don't need your help with this shit. But something like this comes up. She's like, Mark, can you please help me with this? <laughs> <laughs> mm. So yeah, that was the part two mm. of the. At
0: oh, least she doesn't the, fall for things like Melaleuca. What's that? You know those um, pyramid scheme bullshits. Oh yeah. Well, they're like, yeah, like cool. You can buy these organic home materials, like mm-hmm. cleaning shit, and then you know you could save money if you also sell it to ten other people. I know.
1: Include your friends in this. Bring uh-huh. them on board. This. Now my, mo- my mom's never fallen for any of those things. My mom, she's so paranoid, and rightfully so, given how everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't give out her phone number. She doesn't. I think I. Th- for a while, her phone number was not on those, like, telemarketing lists. But I know, like, some legislation passed, like, a couple of years ago where, like, all your information is out there now. Mm. Where, like, they call you. I get I get phone calls on my cell phone, um, you know, like, with, with 909 numbers, you know, numbers I'm familiar with and stuff like that. And it'll be like, you know... The, the, the most common one was uh, we're trying to contact you about your extended warranty or student loan debt. Lucy left student loan forgiveness debt. It's around the corner. Blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> My, um, the last two Sundays in a row, I've been getting phone calls from people that are like, you know, we're survey takers for local government issues mm-hmm. at, and it's, almost eight o'clock at night on sunday oh yeah, I'm like, yeah what the fuck yeah i got two of them not this past sunday but the one before that mm-hmm. and then i got another one on this mm-hmm. past sunday and yeah. i just hung up on them this time I'm like no yeah
1: most of the time um if i see a number and i don't recognize it i just don't answer it anymore um or i, I send it straight to voicemail and if somebody's trying to get a hold of me like they can just leave a voicemail and I'll call them back. Yeah. Um, one that used to always really piss me off, I don't know why, it's just the sound of this dude's voice of uh, the recording, would be, it was a guy who said, uh, hi, is the homeowner available?
0: Oh. Have you heard that
1: one? I don't know, some of the sound of his voice is like, Ugh. I think
0: I, I got that once, but it never stuck. Uh-huh. So I only got it like one time.
1: Oh yeah, I've gotten it before.
0: Yeah, usually I get the, um, hello, don't hang up. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Side note: This this whole like people trying to get your information scam you. It just reminded me of um, when I had went to my car um, because I parked my car because the car was my car was in your neighborhood, and it was in the morning. I went to my car because I was about to take off, and someone had left a a card in my car, Mm -hmm. like on the car in the windshield. And it was just. It was one of those cars, like, oh, we take junk cars or some shit like that. And I'm <laughs> like, what the fuck this is my car? Don't call my, dog, my car, shit. <laughs> that was always irritating. My car's not junk. It still runs well. It's like it's got like a little dings and stuff like that, but it ain't it ain't fucking trash.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually got one that I kept. Oh. Wh- I got one a few a uh, few like not even a week ago that uh-huh. was like mobile car detailing. I'm like, this has been on my mind so i kept it oh my god you, you,
1: you live like around the corner from a uh you car know wash. on
0: the inside of my car is mm. filthy like mm. like when the pandemic started it wasn't mm. that bad yeah but because our local area was giving away free food to the kids in the school district they would always give us milk but uh. it was sweating
1: Oh, so it leave, like, stains in your car? Yeah, because,
0: like, whatever dirt you have on the surface level of your seat just yeah. makes rings and drops and all kinds of shit. So yeah. now my seats look really bad. Ah. So I just want my car washed.
1: Tickets get car washed.
0: They're not. <sighs> You're frustrating.
1: I'm frustrating. You're the one saying, like, they won't wash your car. I'd be frustrated with them.
0: I didn't say they won't wash my car. Well, the
1: inside. You, you implied.
0: I said one time I took it, and they said you shouldn't get it washed right now because... It's not warm enough, so it won't dry hey, and it'll get musty.
1: It's going to be hot this week. Mm-hmm. There you go.
0: I don't get paid till Friday. <coughs> mm. And I have no money.
1: Sounds like a personal problem. Mm. Speaking of personal problems, what's going on?
0: With my personal problems? <laughs>
1: no, with the, with the episode.
0: <laughs> um. Now we're going to do our recent review of Apollo 10 and A, half, a Space Age Childhood. As our kid? Mission? For what? We accidentally
1: built the lunar module. A little too small.
0: How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this
1: accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our
0: only hope. Okay.
1: Great. Let's forget about all this for now. We'll come back to this part later. First, let me tell you about life back then. Living in the Houston area in the late 60s, it was a great time and place to be a kid. But the world was changing, and so was how we saw ourselves in it.
0: Right on. mom is that one a hippie yeah yeah that's a hippie how about that one no his hair's not long enough but he's wearing bell bottoms okay that's a hippie i think i like hippies the synopsis is a coming-of-age story set in the suburbs of houston texas in the summer of 1969 centered around the historic apollo 11 moon landing directed and written by richard Linklater, it stars milo coy glenn powell zachary levi and jack black
1: I think you gotta say Jack Black the correct way. Which
0: Jack Black? No, my thought already hurts. <laughs> okay. Then I'll say it. Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> um Alright, so Apollo
1: ten and a half. Space Age Childhood. Um Kelsey, what did you think of this movie? This is this is I think this is your first four way foray into like digital rotoscoping.
0: No, we watched um What's that movie that you saw this week for a screener?
1: Oh, um, the Spine of Night. Huh. The Spine of Night. No. The movie I saw this week. That's this. Oh, the show um, Undone. Yeah. Undone. Okay. 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 You're right. You're right. Undone. Okay. All right. So you, you have, I, I would even say, um, you have you're even more familiar with that because of uh, what's it called, uh, heavy metal. That's like another form of rotoscoping, but that's on like film. This oh. is like digital rotoscoping. Gotcha. Um, but this particular movie, what did you what did you think about it?
0: I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a part of me that was like, What's the point? Mm-hmm. And also I felt like it kinda went on for too long.
1: <laughs> you about this this hour, hour thirty eight minute movie?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I it, so there were parts of it that were really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of parts that I felt like the pacing was real bad, and I think that's what it was. It wasn't that it was too long; it was mm. just that it felt too long.
1: Yeah, I think like, and, I, and I'm with you there because it, it did. This movie did feel kind of long, and I think part of it is because of how much of a, a trip down memory lane Richard Linklater takes the movie. Um, like the series of parts of like, oh, when I grew when I grew up, there was this and this and this, and he like goes through the whole spiel of like, I watched. The character um, uh, of Stan, a grown-up Stan, played by Jack Black, go, goes like these like eras of like, oh, we watch all these television. This is how our dinners were. This is how our lunch was and everything like mm-hmm. that. And I feel those times, it was kind of like dragging on to a bit, to a point where I was like, all right, I want to get to like, to, I actually want to get to like the space training part with yeah. like, the kid. And
0: yeah. then I felt like they didn't really spend enough time on that.
1: Yeah, I think for like... I'm not going to lie, the space training stuff doesn't happen until, like, an hour after the movie uh, has has yeah started. And I remember looking at it, too, because when you get to the point where it does happen, I'm like, okay, where are we now? And it's like, I think we're about maybe 50, 55 minutes. I would even I would even go for, as to say, just kind of give it a little leeway, I think maybe 45 to 50 minutes or something like that. And mm-hmm. even with that, it's still not a whole lot of, like, this is the space training kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Which i think it, I think that kind of sucks because like I feel like that could have really that whole space or anything could have been could have really utilized the whole rotoscoping technology as opposed to just making it like all oh, these kids are playing baseball, yeah, yeah,
0: um so that's why i like I do actually really like that type of thing where they're yeah. like this is how things were this is how much milk costs how much how much gas costs like yeah. this is what we did for fun. Mm. Um, I just don't want to watch an entire movie of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And it's it's so funny because it's like, I honestly feel like Richard Linklater did this because he would just like, I just want to make a movie about this of all like my childhood because he because he grew up in Texas. He's originally from Texas, mm. so I feel like he kind of just did that like, almost like a journal or like or like not a journal. Like if this was like a book, if this was like his memoir, it would be, it would be like this. Yeah, this like he stuff.
0: probably had. Like three sisters and a brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is weird because he's used the rotoscoping technology in like weird and fascinating ways, like in case in point, you know, Waking Life, which we'll get into later, or uh, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly is a bit more tame compared to Waking Life, but it still utilizes like the weird kind of like trippy nature of like using drugs in mm-hmm. that movie. Um, and in this one, it I don't know, it like I as far as like the rotoscoping technology, it only goes really hard like towards the end when like the space the space exploration of the whole story starts happening.
0: Yeah, it almost felt like it was just an a cartoon. Oh, okay. For much of it. Yeah. So, I didn't really I saw the rotoscoping every once in a while, mm-hmm. but mostly I just saw it was like animated. Mm, okay, okay.
1: Um, yeah, one of the reasons like one of the reasons I was like all on board for this movie is because I love I love the rotoscoping technology. I think it's like an art form that's not used enough, mm-hmm. um, and it's understandable because um, it takes
0: time. Could you imagine the Batman movies done in rotoscoping?
1: Oh my god! I'd
0: love to do a fucking Batman movie in well, rotoscoping. Well, see,
1: that's the thing. Like, I, and like, I think it, it's so interesting because um, another movie that used the use technology is. Uh, uh, this film called *The Spine of Night*, which I believe you can see on Shudder right now, um, and it goes hard on that shit. It mm. like because it's set in like a medieval fantasy world and stuff like that, so it's like bonkers mm-hmm. of like what happens in that in that movie. Um, uh, so like I, that's the thing. I felt like like if we did apply it to Batman, I think it'd be kind of cool. But I feel like it would have to be Batman versus like the Mad Hatter or some some like psychedelic type of Kite, That'd be cool. Kite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean other than like the the directing, what did you what did you think of Luke Later's writing?
0: Um, other than the fact that the pacing was kind of slow, mm-hmm. which also has to do with writing. Yeah. Um, the I like how the kid came across mm-hmm. and the family, like it felt very genuine and very like this is how the family really is. Yeah. Um, so I thought he did a good job with writing. I just needed sh- like some better pacing.
1: Mm. It's it's interesting because like the movie, I mean, the movie is like in a three act structure, but not like in a, in a typical three act structure where it's like the hero is like let down, you know, he, he has to kind of like collect, they have to like collect themselves again to like kind of push, push themselves forward towards like the end of the journey and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really of that. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's kind of, I mean, uh, I mean it's it's it ba- it's pretty much based on history, so we kind of know what's gonna happen. Oh no, kind of we know because it's just history. Mm-hmm. Like the ship goes off, you know, and everything seems to be fine. There's like really no level of like, oh, uh, will they, won't they, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. In, but I like I it's weird because I've always been a fan of like I've always been a fan of Linklater's writing because he does these really like. Fly on the wall stories where you're just kind of just seeing these people like in their natural habitat and just kind of see how they're doing. Mm. Um, the uh, like, like as Kelsey said, and I'm saying like the pacing is kind of like slow at times, but to me, it kind of felt like a warm blanket.
0: Yeah, it th- maybe that's what it felt like to me too. Mm-hmm. It felt like a warm blanket, but there were times where I just wanted to throw the blanket off.
1: It was like too warm, you're like, ah, like yeah. i gonna kick that blanket <laughs> off real fast.
0: Like, need a little bit of a, like a Palette cleanser yeah for my palette cleanser like this would be a, a palette cleanser yeah yeah definitely. but i need something to like break out of the story because it's boring at this particular moment yeah
1: yeah um anybody in the in the acting realm that you enjoyed or particularly i mean i know you i know you say you kind of like the the milo coy character or the milo coy actor
0: yeah that was maybe kind of it i wasn't mm-hmm. really blown away by anybody
1: yeah yeah um it's so weird, like seeing Zachary Levi kind of like, like I've seen him here, here and there, and I know he got his big start like on Chuck. I never watched chuck I think the most extended time I've ever watched him anything is like Shazam. Mm. Um, so seeing him kind of just play like just a, I don't in my mind seeing him play like a, a regular dude was just like, oh okay, well like, he's just a regular guy. Yeah. Like just whatever, none special. <laughs>
0: I felt like the movie was really mostly nothing special. Yeah. There was something mm. charming about it, mm-hmm. and it wants to be really special, but I just feel like it's kind of, you get out of it what you want. What you put into it, yeah. Well, not what you put into it, because mm. you're not putting anything into it, but like, mm. whatever you want. Oh, like, okay. whatever you're willing to accept. Yeah. Like, I guess whatever your viewpoints are. hmm will affect your journey in the film.
1: The the funny thing is like when I was when we were watching this, I I think like maybe 10 15 minutes into it I was like I feel like I should be on drugs while watching this. And that's how I feel with every Richard Linklater f- or, or, or every rotoscoping film. I'm like I need to be on drugs to watch this. And not because <laughs> like I needed to enjoy it. I just feel like it's so visual that I'm like I need It would it. be I, fun. Yeah, I, I, I need acid like right now. <laughs> like inject it right <laughs> in my eyeball. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's all, how that's all Jim Andrew used to do. He used to get eye drops and, like, load up his eyeballs and shit. Mm,
0: but he didn't inject it into his eyeballs.
1: <laughs> not yet. Not yet.
0: I think, look, you're not Cowboy Bebop, okay?
1: Oh, the fucking, the red-eye shit? Yeah. Yeah, i take that shit and I'm all, girl, all super intense.
0: I'm
1: <laughs> oh, head people. Oh, you just remind me of the TV show. Man, goddammit. I know. Anyway. Um, I didn't
0: remind you. You thought of that on your no,
1: own. No, no, you did. When you said Bebop, see, this is just your problem. You don't take an account for the stuff that you do to me.
0: <laughs> <I don't. laughs> what? Just, that's so wrong. <laughs> okay.
1: But thanks for reminding me of that heartbreak, You're or welcome. heartache. You're welcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you we get to the spoiler section. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna. Into the spoiler section and talk about uh, Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood in great lengths. Um, I mean, it's history, but you know, the movie's different from history in some points. Uh, So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. say
0: <laughs> when you did your shoulder shimmy you uh, looked like you were having a seizure because you rolled your eyes
1: back. i was i don't no, I have a seizure i was feeling i'll film the lord the lord was touching me that sounds so huh. wrong
0: yeah if your eyes were rolling back he must have been touching you good I know, touch me, give me that good touch
1: <laughs> okay die on the way home god's like fuck this guy <laughs> um
0: i almost feel like this film doesn't need a spoiler bumper yeah, but out of courtesy,
1: out of, no, out I, of courtesy, I I I courtesy.
0: That, that's just my commentary. Like, mm. eh.
1: okay, well, I can't take it back now. <laughs> I'm
0: not telling you to.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so okay, there. Okay, so there, there's there's a, a part of it's it's funny because like a part of the um the like the character the grown up stand like kind of like re. Uh, remembering like certain things of his childhood and stuff like that. It honestly, it's so funny because like this is a dude. Like I, I feel like Richard Linkletter put a lot, pulled a lot from his own childhood into this movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and some of this, and this dude, this is a white dude like in Texas who had, like, a large family. you looked like his family did okay, you know, but they weren't, like, rich or anything like that. Like, they made fun with what they had. But a lot of the stuff they did, it reminded me a lot of the stuff that I did growing up mm-hmm. or that I had to go through. Like, um, like for example, the mother makes... Um, she makes, like, that ham dish in the mor- uh, on a Sunday. Uh-huh. And then throughout the week for dinner, it's, like, ham theme and shit like that. Yeah. And that just reminded me, like, yeah, I remember like getting spaghetti for on a Sunday and having spaghetti for like three to four days for dinner or some shit like yep. that.
0: We did that with spaghetti. If it wasn't spaghetti, it was just chicken thighs. <laughs> no <laughs> veggies, no sides. Mm. Just that.
1: Yeah, my mom used to do that. She would make like, she would like bake a bake a chicken.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then we've had like the chicken with like vegetables or whatever. And the next day we have like, I make like a.
0: Like, like a, a sandwich with it,
1: yeah, sandwich with it, or like chicken burritos or something like that, mm-hmm. or like put it on like on a salad or whatever. Um, so, it so the the like I said the the biggest complaint is like they don't really get into the whole sp- space exploration part of the movie until like already like almost an hour into the movie, which I think that like I said that could have really utilized the whole rotoscoping technology.
0: I think it could have like. So here's my thing. I think mm. the title of the movie would have been different if it really was about the kid mm. going to space. Mm. But I think it really is just about his childhood. Well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like not interesting enough. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I guess you say that. Yeah, because like it, it, it like I said, it, it feels like Linklater had to kind of pull this from his memory, and he was like, "Well, I still gotta make it like." entertaining i have to make a reason why people want to watch it okay well let me use rotoscoping and then oh, let me put like a space story behind it as well um
0: then my realism side too is mm-hmm. like i don't really want to watch someone have a wholesome childhood to, if it's especially if it's going to be boring because most yeah, people don't what, have that that's
1: what the home movies are for <laughs> you like watching like, All right, this is boring you know like, yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah um like, I have video mm. somewhere of my dad just taking random video of birds flying in the sky, but it's such an old video, like a mm. camcorder, mm. that you see a speck and he's just fascinated. And it's like, you're not really catching anything.
1: <laughs> I, that kind of reminds me of like those like independent artsy films, like in the early aughts. Like, for example, like American Beauty, there's a scene where uh, I know you've never seen it, and I know the audience are going to totally get this reference, but where somebody is like recording a plastic bag in the wind Mm -hmm. and how it's just like being blown in the wind and it's like this piano music like and and the guy's like the bag is dancing it's the most beautiful thing in the world like all he gets like all like
0: waxing poetic yeah he's just
1: waxing poetically on it but like i mean back then it was like whoa that's really intense like wow i never thought of it like that now it's like a fucking joke (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just picturing your dad like recording a bird and then playing some like weird music in his head. And he's like <laughs> <"Diddy>, <laughs> Um So one thing one thing I thought would have been um this is okay, so this is one thing I, I, I find I find it really interesting and kind of like perplexed why he did this. Um so like obviously I know it's like it's a, it's a story of fiction and everything like that. And they really like they don't really play with the idea of, like, could this have happened or did it not happen? You know? Um, and I think, like, they, I think, I think Linklater should have, like, leaned hard. Like, if, like obviously, like, the kid being shot in the space, you know, Apollo 10 and a half, which, um, let me just, let me just say something before I, I, I turn stupid or some shit like that.
0: Before you turn stupid? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's see, hold up, Because I want to make sure. It's, sh- wanna- it's not midnight yet. <laughs> so you're you're fine for a few hours i know
1: right <laughs> uh okay okay I, I for some reason i just want to make sure like this didn't actually happen you know because i don't know everything about um like space exploration and stuff like that but yeah cause it it um so i found something from the indian express from oh no it's from the guardian um no i think that back. i'm sorry it's the indian <laughs> express and it's link letter saying that like yeah it was inspired by his childhood in austin and, and, and houston sorry houston texas um So clearly, like, this kid really didn't go to space. You know, he just told this, like, fantastic
0: story and stuff like that, right? But he told it as an adult.
1: I know. He told it as an adult. But here's the thing. It's (laughs) like, it seems like this weird kind of fantastic thing. And I felt like he should have went hard on on the fantastic part of it. Um, Not, like, full on crazy, like, oh, the spaceship was, like, pew, like, blast off in space and super crazy and, like, fighting bad guys. No, but just make Give me a reason why you want to use the rotoscoping technology.
0: Yeah, and also, if you're going to go that way, too, it's like, why did you, why did you tell the story from the viewpoint of an adult, Mm. but also kind of tell it like it actually did happen? Yeah. Not like, oh, you know, I was just fibbing. He did kind of make a reference to the fact that he did like to tell, like, lies when he was a child. Mm. But he's an adult now telling the story. So why did he do that? Mm. And if he was really going to try and sell it, then he should have gone the more fantastical route, like you said, Mm. so that you would know he was just telling a fucking lie. But it was really interesting story.
1: Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like a very
0: boring lie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like two truths and a lie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Like um and and that's yeah like as Kelsey said in in the earlier in the movie it's alluded that like this kid this kid likes the lie not, not not that he likes to lie but he just likes to tell like these crazy stories right mm-hmm. um and he's telling like these crazy stories like at the scene where it's like show and tell um but it's just like
0: of, i didn't have anything to show so i just told them something <laughs> i know
1: i just told him something and i hope that like they saw it in their mind or something like that right yeah but the way how he like he told the story of like oh i uh you know, when I went to, uh, to uh, space camp or whatever, I went to NASA for training and I did this and did this. And it's just like, wow, dude, you made that really fucking boring. Like,
0: I, like, like I don't so- think anyone fucking believed you when you were a kid. I know.
1: Like if somebody, like if some, if somebody had told me this story, I'd have been like, dude, you have the most boring fucking imagination in the world. <laughs> if you just want to tell me about your childhood, let's talk about your childhood, man. <laughs> I'm interested in that. What shows did you watch? Oh, I watched those too. There's some like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just it's, it's fun, And I felt like, and I honestly felt like this movie, I wasn't looking for like a laugh out loud, but I felt like, because like, like Linklander's writing, like his level of comedy, it's like, it's actually pretty smart, but like, but not too smart where it's like, it's up his own ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are moments where like, there's dumb humor that like really works well with it. Mm-hmm. This one, it was just kind of like, I, it, like, I felt like, I honestly felt like I was just watching a home movie. Yeah. Which is colorized. I mean, not colorized, but just hand drawn and stuff like that. Yeah. um, And like, I was, like, I'm actually, I'm really perplexed of like why he did this movie other than like, cause it's not like he. was he's,
0: probably just a passion project.
1: It could have been. It, he probably, I felt like, I honestly felt like he had an idea and he was like, well, let me see if I could just do this. And he did. He's like, okay, cool. Like, cause his passion, like his passion for films, it's, it's a bit more like there's a point to it. There's a real story to it. You know, there's like you kind of come away from it and be like, okay, cool. I totally dig this. Uh, or I'm totally with the story. Like the only thing I really got from this was like, damn, our NASA program used to be badass. What the fuck happened? Like, and that was just it.
0: I know, because they're like, yeah, we've never been back since.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we
0: haven't. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then there's all this space junk too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
1: there's the Space Force. Oh,
0: well, yeah. There's yeah. a Space Force, the International Space Station, which is in danger. How so? I heard something about it um, not being able to withstand being up there for too much longer, but I don't know if that's true or not, and I didn't really read the article. Oh, really? um, But also, uh, the Russians are not mm. going mm. to play. They don't want to play. They don't want to play? Because of what's going on in yeah. Ukraine and stuff. They're just like, nah, we're, we're, we're good.
1: Um... Yeah, so in the article that I found, it's by the Indian Express, it said, Apollo 10 half is partially inspired by his own childhood in Houston growing up in a time when everybody seemed to be involved in some capacity in NASA. And this is perhaps why the details that he is able to capture about the error feel so authentic and not just in terms of historical accuracy. Um, I, I Honestly, I kind of feel like I wanted to not just follow the kid, but I, I his siblings were very interesting not very interesting but his siblings seem almost o- almost more interesting than the kid itself
0: yeah like, I feel like that too
1: like they're like one of his sisters that I think she's the eldest sister um you, she can tell it's she was like really getting into like music how the way how music is changing and stuff like that there's even this part in the in the movie where uh, Apollo 10 is not Apollo 10 Apollo 11 is in space and then she makes a comment that like I know what she was referring to but she was just like Oh no, that's great! We got space. We got a spaceship up there, but you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on down here. <laughs> yeah. And it, it so remind me of that one poem, the "Whitey on the Moon." It so remind me of that. I don't know that poem. Um, let me let me let me pull up the uh, the writer's name.
0: You know, every time I think of Apollo Eleven or like <laughs> any of that stuff, I always think of my dad. Why is that? Because he was born in 1951
1: oh so he he would really have had seen a lot of that shit huh
0: yeah so he was 18 then <laughs> in 1969
1: um so so the the song called whitey on the moon by jill scott heron um it's pretty much like a song about how uh, i'll just read you some of the lyrics okay rat Dunn bit my sister nail with Whitey on the moon her face and arms begun to swell and Whitey's on the moon i can't pay no dr bill but whitey's on the moon 10 years 10 years from now, I'll be staying, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. The man just upped my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon.
0: Yeah, I remember. I I do know that, Paul.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, the the sister was like leaning into that, and I was like, oh, can we please, like, talk about that? I want to see how, like, that, like, affects the dad or some shit like that. Uh, But, you know, it's like I said, it's. It's, it's so funny because like like i said i love rick writing none of his writing is controversial like he'll he'll have a statement on a philosophical statement on like life and love or like work or like history and stuff like that but nothing like oh this was fucked up or some shit like that you know i <laughs> said i take that back the only time he did was a scanner darkly however that was a philip k dick book that talked about the war on drugs and how stupid it is yeah um and how, like, the government uses drugs to, like, fund their own, like, whatever they need and stuff like that. But see, like I said, that was a Philip K. Dick novel. Richard Linklater, I think he, like, I don't even think he w- wrote the script on that.
0: No. Doesn't he mention Philip K. Dick in that other movie?
1: Uh, yeah, Waking Life. Yeah, they talk about Philip K. Dick. Um, Scanner Darkly. Uh, oh, no. Linklater did write the screenplay. But like I said, that's, that's from Philip K. Dick. Just kind of like, let me just take that. Turn it around. All right, cool. Now it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, uh, you have anything else to add? No. Okay, so what's your final say on this movie?
0: Um, If you're into rotoscoping and all mm-hmm. that, check it out. Mm. I honestly think you could pass on it and be fine. It's yeah. nothing groundbreaking.
1: Yeah, I like my my whole thing is like if you are feeling nostalgic, like definitely check it out. And if you kind of want something a bit different like with the with the technology and stuff like that, yeah, you should definitely check it out. But if you if you want to explore the rotoscoping technology, like go to Waking Life or go to uh Scanner Darkly or even go to Amazon Prime's uh, Undone. Um that that's also a great. I would say, you know what? I would say second season of Undone is
0: like way better. And we like the first
1: one. Yeah, like like you're gonna like I I've, I've got I got an early screener of it, you know, and um, all I can say right now is that it's really fucking good. Like not just like as in terms of the the technology, but just like the story. Holy shit, it's really yeah. good. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you want to trip down memory lane with like a little bit of uh, a doorway into rotoscoping, like this is uh, this is a good opportunity.
0: Yeah. All right. So,
1: what do we got next?
0: What the fuck did we just watch? Morbius. That is what the fuck we just watched this week. Because mm-hmm. it just came out on Friday.
1: Yeah. Um, we saw Morbius. We are going to spoil the living shit out of it. Yep. If you don't want to hear it, Go ahead, skip ahead. We put we we'll, we put the time stamp, stamp, so you can skip ahead and go to I'm wake stamp. <laughs> um but we are gonna just spoil the living fuck out of this movie because fuck this movie all the way. Yeah. Kelsey. What the <laughs> fuck did we watch? <laughs> uh
0: Jared Leto and his element. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> It's about a god complex.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. A god complex in a movie that really deserves better.
1: It doesn't. Ju- it doesn't justify its its existence no. at all. See, I,
0: I, it's so bad. I'm like, it's, it makes sense. <laughs> um, most of this movie didn't make any sense mm-hmm. from the very beginning. I was started like, oh shit. Mm. I don't know. I think the very first thing where I was like, oh, fuck. This what? is how the whole movie's gonna go. What was
1: it? What was the first thing?
0: Um, Was the... After the the little machine went down in Milo.
1: Oh, the like the blood mixer machine or whatever the fuck it was? Yeah, whatever they were doing with this yeah. blood, they yeah. didn't
0: really explain it. Mm-hmm. So, he... <laughs> what the heck was that i hit the mic oh (laughs) Um,
1: gotta keep up tradition
0: (laughs) yeah every episode Mm. um so yeah milo like obviously is starting to have some trouble and yeah
1: my milo that is the young matt smith character (laughs) uh
0: and then michael morbius as a child is like Hey, you know, like there's something wrong with him, I'm gonna uh-huh. fix this thing. And when he wakes up, he calls him uh he calls him Lucian. Lucian, yeah. Which That's, is the kid's his real, real name. name, yeah. But then the doctor uh-huh. that you like to call what?
1: Oh, Dr. Father Figure. Uh-huh. Yeah, play by Jared
0: Harris. So Dr. Father Figure. <laughs> um calls him Milo again. Uh huh. Like, there's no Reason for it, uh, and I was like, "Oh god, this is gonna be like connect the dots. None of it's gonna make any fucking sense."
1: And and the funny thing is, like, the character's name is Lucian, like that is his birth name, right? Mm-hmm. But they keep calling him Milo, and like the reason like they call him Milo is because there was, um, the, uh, a young Michael Morbius is like, "Oh, your name's Milo because there was a Milo before that. And there was a Milo before that. i will just be another Milo after you." But it's just like, but why Milo? Like, who is Milo like? Is that a Milo and Otis ref- reference?
0: No, I honestly feel like they just use that that name randomly, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it just made me think of the Devil Wears Prada.
1: I've I've never seen that movie.
0: In that movie, uh-huh. there's the the head of like the the um fashion magazine. Was Glenn, right? Glenn Close right? Mm-hmm. Mm. No, not Glenn Close.
1: Oh, uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Mm.
0: So Meryl Streep has her two assistants, right? She mm. has a main assistant and then the new one, mm. and the new one is always called um, Emily, I think. Uh huh. And so she's like the new Emily, uh-huh. even though that's not her name. Oh, okay. So they're constantly calling her that and like running her ragged and like but, but asking the, for things that don't even.
1: But do they at least like tell you why they they stuck that name on 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 the character?
0: Yeah, because people don't stick around long enough for you to learn their name. Okay. Cause it's a very tough position. I
1: know. Right. So this movie tried to do it, but like,
0: but they didn't say like flat out, uh, everyone who comes here comes here to die. So
1: yeah. And clearly that's not the case because what happens? Milo grows up to be a, <laughs> Matt <Smith. laughs> a dancing Matt Smith in front of a fucking mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, you think I'm joking. That actually happens in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like this whole thing, it like it's so funny because it jumps twenty five years, and like the way how they sh- the way how they aged Jared Harris was like they just put a beard on him, <laughs> like that was it. They just put a no, beard. Like you
0: on. were laughing. You're like apparently he didn't age. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and like the, and like it like
1: we're supposed to like believe that like M- Morbius and Milo have like this strong brotherly bond, but like there's no time. Building that relationship for like the audience, right? Um, it's like, oh, it's almost like it's (laughs) you almost got a sense that like maybe Maurice did something that like he doesn't want to get out, and Milo knows it. So Milo's like, you gotta cure me. (laughs) Like almost blackmailing. (laughs) Um and Maurice is telling him, like, no, he's my friend. He's definitely my friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then and then and then like
1: The the Milo character somehow he's like in he's involved with like criminal activities, Uh but they never go like why or how or or what what? or what exactly right like or what, um, and like one thing one thing that this movie is so bad at is like the editing is atrocious. (laughs)
0: Like the first time he loses his health or whatever. Like for the very first time, where he starts to kind of go back to his like sickly ways, um, uh, Morbius, yeah, mm. his legs were glitching. Oh, yeah, oh
1: god, those special effects, too. Yeah, it's just like click, click, like that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the, are his legs breaking? I know, <laughs> Like, what the speed of light?
1: Uh, speaking of legs breaking, would you be surprised to know that? Jared Leto went super method with this movie. Did he break his legs? No. Uh what happened was that uh the director uh Daniel es- Espin- es- Espinosa Espinosa thing. Daniel Espinosa um did an interview with UpRocks. Okay. And he had said that Jared Leto was he put himself he put himself in a wheelchair and had people wheel him around. <laughs>
0: That just sounds like an excuse not to do shit.
1: I mean that that that's that's the false that's the the false title of method acting, like come the fuck on, dude. Like, I, maybe maybe if you're like Danny Lewis and My Left Foot or some shit like that, but, you know, you're in fucking Morbius. You don't need to be all method with that shit. <laughs> I want, like, like if he wants to go method, why don't he just drink blood?
0: <laughs> I know he probably did drink blood too, but won't admit it.
1: I know, right? Um... So, yeah, I mean, one of the things that's one thing that has been going around a lot is like how bad the special effects are. They're like early 2000 bad special effects. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was your thing about uh, <laughs> what did you what was your thing about uh, like the, the particles or whatever?
0: Oh, I, it, it seemed like there was like mist. I'm like, they use it in a way that was to me, it just seemed like he was just disintegrating. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I felt like, excuse me, I'm like, where? Like they're gonna run out of particles. Yeah, I know, he's like, gonna disappear into thin air.
1: Yeah, like it. Yeah. I was and like I that. and
0: I thought the the reason why they did it that way uh-huh. is so that his the actual special effects that the, what they would spend money on. Uh-huh. They would. It was like an an easy cover up. Oh yeah, exactly. Because they could do this mist bullshit.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So. Uh, so part. So. Going back to the wheelchair thing because I, I want to pull this quote out. Okay, so uh, the interviewer at UpRocks had had this this is how it went. So the interviewer said, "I heard a story about filming, and I want to see if it's true. If this is true, someone told me that Jared Leto was so committed to playing Michael Morbius that that even when he had to go to the bathroom, he would use his crutches and slowly limp to get to the
0: bathroom." <laughs> oh my God. I'm surprised he didn't have a fucking nurse with him to take care of him the whole time.
1: But it was taking so long between pee breaks that a deal was made with him to get him a wheelchair so someone could wheel him there quicker, and he agreed to it. Is that true? And the director goes, "Yes." And the guy goes, "All right." <laughs> but the director goes on and says, uh, "Yeah, because I think I think that what Jerry thinks." what jerry believes is that somehow the pain of those movements even when he he was playing normal michael morbius he needed it he needed because he's been having this pain his whole life even though as he's alive and strong he has to be a different hey man it's it's people's processing uh processes and the the interview just goes yeah (laughs) (laughs) um that is like come the fuck on dude like what in the fuck he should he probably should have spent more time actually like i don't know working on the acting than then like let me get into this wheelchair and have people wheel me around
0: i i don't understand how people think that the method acting mm. really helps because honestly i feel like you're just m- fucking yourself up mentally for money
1: yeah, it's that that's how some that's how some actors are, actors and actresses are. They 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 get into a role and they have to get in that headspace and they don't want to get out of it because they feel like they're gonna lose whatever attachment they have to it, like feelings or emotions that they need to convey. Um famously like uh uh Christian Bale, for example, on uh Terminator Salvation, um there is a recording of him yelling at like uh like a pa or something like that or a lighting person because he was in the shot and and christian Bale is like going off on him like he's like oh you fucked up my process i was at it i was with it like he's just going off on it mm-hmm. and sometimes they get they can't get like that because you just kind of took him out of the reality but at the same time you're still kind of like you don't have to be an asshole to yeah. to, to get to that character or like keith
0: ledger was one too oh
1: yeah yeah exactly and
0: that's why he ended up dead because mm. he was on drugs uppers and downers and all kinds of shit to try and help him he couldn't sleep yeah because he got so into it and then he overdosed mm.
1: michael b jordan even uh, Mike, he, michael b jordan he didn't take drugs but he said that it was hard for him to kind of get out of that killmonger, um that killmonger like side of him mm-hmm. um he actually said he had to go to therapy to like kind of get his mind like out of the character. Yeah, um, but see, see, but well, see, with Heath Ledger and Michael B. Jordan, totally worth it. I mean, not totally worth it, but like it. <laughs> I know that sounds so horrible, horrible. Sorry, <laughs> not totally worth it, but like it amounted to something. Yeah, and this yeah. one, it didn't amount to jack shit. No, just like poor acting. <laughs> um, so one thing that I I want to point out, and I remember thinking about this when we watched it, and I'm so glad I'm not the only one who saw this. There's a scene in the movie where where Morbius steps into like this chamber where there's bats like circling around and he like the
0: the bats don't do anything by the way they just spin around in circles forever yeah
1: so he like so he like walks in this chamber with the bats to like feel something with the bats right like he feels connected to these bats right and it's like this music that like just swells like boom boom, and everything Uh and i remember watching i was like yo did they really just rip off big batman begins that is the that is the exact same scene in Batman Begins, and I'm not the only one.
0: And the, not and also like kind of almost the exact same swelling of and same notes, exactly like the same music.
1: Exactly, there's like the same, almost like the notes are like almost exactly the same. Like it's and it's so fucked up because like that Batman Begins scene is like a, a, uh, a transcendent scene of like Bruce Wayne is now become the batman you know he this is like a moment of like holy shit and here it's like yo this is a cheap fucking trick
0: <laughs> um that that bothered me when you pointed it out because uh-huh. i've been having a hard time thinking about this movie in terms of it being a marvel property uh-huh. not obviously directed by marvel studios but just it doesn't have any marvel dna Oh, it no. feels like a DC movie.
1: Yeah, the only like DNA of Marvel is like this is a guy from a comic book. That's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so like the fact that I had a hard time and I just kept I know it's not DC, but it, it like I kept forgetting that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that it fucking ripped off but Batman Begins, I'm mm-hmm. like, it wants to be a DC movie. Like Sony is the new fucking WB. Mm-hmm or like the DC
1: oh the DCEU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So another so one of the one of the huge one of the huge things that uh actually you know what? I'll leave that at the end. I want cuz I want to talk about the post credit scene. So oh. I'll leave that at the end. Um another thing that, that that doesn't explain anything is like these character turns. Like how the Milo character becomes the villain, but it's it doesn't explain
0: how or why? How
1: or why other than that like
0: And where does he get his money? <laughs>
1: Exactly. Like it doesn't explain like how or why, other than like Morbius was like, "I can't give you this stuff because it's going to turn you evil." and even showed him like, "Yeah, you become like you become a monster, Ugh, like me, right?" And he like he he somehow gets the serum and then injects into his body, which
0: you don't th- know how he does. There's a pr- there was an actual process
1: to doing this. Yeah, this dude doesn't know how to do it, and then like you see him leave the room. Next, thing he comes back, like he's 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 fine. He's healed. Like he's
0: also you get the sense that dr father figure took care of him his entire life and was still taking care of him and he's just like nah
1: you're dead i don't care i know right you like you like you always like michael more than me i'm sorry was there wait wait, was there a relationship between michael and
0: and dr father figure i don't remember seeing them other than the fact that he's like yeah i'm gonna pay for you to go to school
1: yeah, that and like when he's about to die, which is conveniently at the time where Morbius shows up and he's like, "Uh, oh, Milo did this.
0: <coughs> he didn't say Milo did this. He said, you have to stop him. And that was it.
1: And then, eh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and then there's like this love interest. Um, uh, character Martine, Martine Bancroft. Yeah, played by uh, Adria. How do you say that last name? Arjona. Arjona. There's a, there's a, there's apparently there's a love interest between the two. And it happens out of fucking nowhere. Like, you would swear they're just brothers and sisters. Or, like, they have just a straight working relationship.
0: Yeah, they didn't seem like they were interested in each other at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, they kiss. And then Milo's like, like, seeing from a distance, like, they do like each other.
0: (laughs) That shot was so funny because he's across the way in some parking structure Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just standing there staring. I know. And I'm like, what
1: the fuck? and And his character's like, oh, you and that Martine you know girl always like 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 it always seemed like he was like a you know what <laughs> i feel like milo was in love with morbius morbius rejected him and milo was just like i'm hurt yeah like, and he's so pissed off that like <laughs> that like he's he, milo's so pissed off that like Morbius didn't let, like let him blow him or some shit like that yeah. <laughs> um and oh okay <laughs> So the final boss no no not at the final boss not the final fight the before the final fight where Morbius where Martine dies like she gets bitten this she gets bitten right
0: no um I think he slashes did he slash her? I don't know they don't show it they just
1: you just hear her scream
0: oh yeah they don't show it right yeah she's like um like he's like call for him yeah somehow yeah like okay this is my other thing uh-huh. in Daredevil.
1: Okay. Which one? The show or the movie? The show. Okay.
0: I think actually in both of them, they played with this a little bit when he's a kid mm-hmm. and he's uh, developing these powers of being able to hear things. Yeah.
1: this like sonar type hearing. Mm-hmm.
0: What is his biggest issue with that?
1: Oh, it's sound like sound like oh, sound like as much sound as sound is his help. It can bl- it can quote unquote blind him. Yeah. Okay.
0: Why didn't we get any of that? Oh, about his, about his,
1: like, it's it's, used against him and shit like that? Yeah, like, like
0: there's so much sound in the city. Mm. You mean to tell me that you hear nothing except for one heartbeat in the middle of the entire city with millions of people Uh, and trains and cars and people walking on the streets?
1: Which is, which is, which is like not even explain of like, because he gets his powers and he's just like, I have these powers now. Yeah, I can do like, all oh, the.
0: I think I know how to fly now. Oh yeah, I can. Yeah. Goodbye. I
1: know. i have super strength. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. I have. I have. <laughs> I have echo radar. Okay. Cool. Like that. <laughs> like it felt. It honestly felt like a kid wrote. A uh, kid wrote the script. Wrote the script and he was like, and he has super flight, and he has this, and he has this. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> so yeah. So so Milo tells Martine like mm. call him and mm. tell him that you need him. Yeah. And she's not going to do it. And then he obviously does something because she screams and yeah. Morbius hears her and nothing else. Well, no, no. She's, she she does
1: go. I'm not going to tell him. Then she screams and she's like, all right, Michael, I need you. Like, or like she, she actually does call at
0: one point. Yeah, because she's already hurt. Mm-hmm. And so he finds her. He flies across the whole city. Uh, and he finds her on top of this rooftop that Mark still says was red and green. And I still say it was red and blue. It
1: was red and green. It was red and green.
0: And she's like
1: she's on the red side which is like oh my god she's he's, gonna die yeah he's gonna drain her blood <laughs> and
0: you know she's bleeding or whatever also uh. he has an uncanny ability not to be too distracted by the smell of blood
1: oh i know right there's only like one part where like she like slips she like cuts her finger and he's like oh you might want to like banish that up and
0: like that's it yeah yeah the- and they drug that scene out too much too. Oh yeah. <laughs> um but anyways, so he's there with her and she's like, Don't don't let this be let like make make this mean something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh is it girl? And oh, then it turns into a straight fucking softcore anime porn, like you almost so you can see the blush lines on her cheeks, uh-huh. like in an anime. She's like turning her head so her neck is exposed. I love this.
1: it. Yeah, and it becomes like,
0: really sexual mm-hmm. and he's like no i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> and then verbatim yeah <laughs> so that she's laying still but she's not dead yet but you almost think she is because uh, she's not moving uh. and then he bites her no no
1: no you forgot the one part that happened before he bit her. they kissed
0: Oh, yeah, they kissed. And she bit his his lip, which was like... I know. And it was very like,
1: give me that blood. Like, almost like, I know what's going to happen once I do this. Now bite me. Like, (laughs) like this weird character turn out of fucking nowhere.
0: Yeah, it was weird. Like, it's like, they didn't tell you that she knew she was going to turn into a vampire. Uh, But it was like, she did that hoping that that's how it worked. Yeah. And And then, like, she's dead.
1: Yeah, she's dead, and like one of the post credit, one of like, it's not even the post credit scene. It's like leading up to the end credits, where they show her she becomes a vampire now. Yeah, which is like, like I understand like in lore that's kind of like the standard like in and vampire lore, but it's in no way established that like that will happen in this in this universe.
0: I think that's what confused me because we had a whole conversation about that, and I was like, this doesn't explain anything, honestly. Like. Mm. The way vampires work, Uh, it was like like a spell or something. Yeah. So when you do it in comic books like this and it's supposed to be like something that happened because of like a scientific experiment or something. Yeah. You have to lead up to that. You can't just be like, boom, he's a vampire. I know.
1: Like, like everybody's read dracula everybody's seen you know these vampire movies everyone's seen lost boys and interview with the vampire like i feel
0: like you have to warm the audience up to the idea that he's actually a vampire like mm. just because he's drinking blood does not automatically make him a vampire yeah
1: yeah um and then okay
0: so <laughs> and also the bill the ability to turn other people like a vampire
1: yeah yeah and then like he so he so then here's oh wait before we go into the, climax of the battle Tyrese Gibson, why the fuck was he even in this movie? (laughs) Matter of fact, his character, he did not need to be in this movie.
0: Even the FBI agent at one point that was with him, his partner, was like...
1: Oh, Agent Rodriguez, Al... uh, I said Madrigal? Madrigal? Madrigal. Madrigal. He was a much more effective FBI agent than Tyrese Gibson's character.
0: But there was a scene where he asked Tyrese something, and he Uh, goes... Matter of fact, it doesn't matter. He's like, you're so fucking lazy anyway. I'll do it myself. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's exactly him in this entire exactly, role. He doesn't exactly. have to be there. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and the only, the only character development that Tyus Gibson has is like one small amount when he's like, oh, Michael Morbius, that your fake blood saved my arm in Afghanistan. That's it. Yeah. That's the only time we we're like, oh, that's his background. Okay. Cool. And that's it that's fucking there's like no point like he is he is the worst fbi agent ever yes um and then comes the climactic battle between michael morbius and milo or milo milo, <laughs> milo which is in is, is horribly stupid like they like they 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 do that they you can tell they try to put in all their money in the cgi for this fight scene which still looked pretty bad and Miley, Milo only gets the upper hand on him. For some reason, Milo is really good at using his powers, even though Morbids has had his powers for much longer. hmm And he, like, slashes, like...
0: Well, it's because he refuses to drink red blood.
1: But he just drank the blood of Martine. I know. So he should be
0: but technically, good to go. But <laughs> technically, Milo's been drinking red blood the entire time.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like, Milo's, Milo's battery is at, like, 80% and like Morbids is at, like, 50% or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so he like slices him. He's like slices his stomach. Uh, The exact same move that he did to Father to to Doctor Father Doctor Father Figure after like bitch slapping him with a sonic boom backhand. (laughs) (laughs) That like I burst out laughing with that scene, Um, and like it's so funny because like Morbius is like down for the count, and he like screams and he's like, but his screams are like bats. I need your help, bats. What does he do? He throws bats at him. (laughs) Morbius throws bats at the main villain, and that's how he defeats him by throwing bats at him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, found out, that's stolen from another movie as well. It's stolen from. uh, The Suicide
0: Squad with the rats?
1: No, (laughs) Luca Evans' uh, Dracula Untold. Ah. There's there's literally a scene where Dracula gets his mental link with bats and, like, super punches, like, A character with a a plethora of bats, Ah. and then like he like, then that's when like Morbius like stabs him with like that overinduce amount of like
0: iron, I guess. They don't really explain that. It was like an anti, um, like a not an anti venom or whatever, but it was something similar where it was like. Destroy the properties of whatever the thing was that they took for. Yeah, it.
1: but um, but like I say, they don't really explain that like at all. Yeah, and then like at the end of the movie, he like flies away with more bats. That's carry me. Like that's <laughs> it. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then we, then we get the post credit scene,
0: uh-huh.
1: which makes no fucking sense, no. right? Okay, so we get the post credit scene where like. Apparently, when Dr. Strange did his spell... Dr.
0: Strange? Oh, yeah, Dr. Strange. Yeah, did
1: his spell and No Way Home. And, like, which, mind you, when he did his spell, it had to be perfect for the universe not to collapse, right? But somehow, Toomes gets taken out of that universe and put into the Sony universe. Gets taken out of jail because people are like, we don't know who this person is. He's not supposed to be in jail. And flies and meets Morbius <laughs> in a location... They don't explain why, like, any, any, there's no setup to that whatsoever.
0: There, they're in the desert for no reason at all.
1: Yeah. And then, what did what, what, what Toon say? Um, hey, I, I, I don't know how this universe works, uh, but I got here somehow. And yeah, I thi- he
0: said, I don't know how this place works.
1: Yeah. Uh, yet he's wearing, like, the whole vulture getup. He has- yeah.
0: And he somehow made a bunch of money yeah um, somehow how yeah apparently
1: he had a, he got a hold of like Chitari tech and was able to be the vulture again <laughs> um and then he's like yeah i don't know how, i don't know how this place works i don't know how I got here but spider-man's involved somehow you want to team up and go against <laughs> them
0: what, what let's say intriguing <laughs> yeah. what in the fuck <laughs> What would have been like you're off your fucking rocker? Like, get away from me. The thing that he should have said is, "I'll what? drink your blood so you can uh, fucking die and leave me alone." No, his,
1: his thing, Michael Moore should have said, "What the fuck is a Spider-Man? <laughs> what? Is, what? Because Spider-Man does not exist in that universe. Mm. Like, he doesn't exist in that universe." <laughs> okay. So back to the interview from Up Rocks with the director. The interviewer says in Morbius, Michael Keaton is in the trailers, but then in the movie, he doesn't show up until the post credits. Um, It does seem like one thing he's it does seem like things were reworked. I'm wondering after Spider-Man No Way Home, did you have to change Michael Keaton's role in this to match up with the events of that movie? Is that what happened? And this is what the director says. It was more than it was more that when Spider-Man came out, they said we know how this works and we have visual concept of how to make this, right? He's referring to Sony. But the idea of having different timelines was something that was for me introduced within the movie universe with Into the Spider-Verse. When we were talking about making the movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse had just come out and it was a huge success. I told the guys, I said, this is super common among comic book readers. Okay? Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, but you still have to explain how the fuck this is going to happen in this movie.
0: Yeah.
1: The interviewer continues. Well, there are scenes of Michael Keaton in the trailer that aren't in the movie. So that's why I was wondering if some things had to be reworked to match with No No Way Home. The guy says, "Yeah. The director says, yeah, exactly. The first thing that happened was that we had Michael Keaton because we were planning on doing this, but then Spider-Man No Way Home came out. It was this is how the vi- Oh, I'm, I'm rereading this. Uh, oh okay, yeah. Yeah, actually he's kind of just repeating it. This is how the visual effects are." And then the idea of having him just encounter him in the universe seemed too complicated. And then we put it at the end.
0: (laughs) So they should have just
1: not used it. The interviewer goes, okay, so did you have to cut some things to make it match up with no... So he keeps asking him again, like, you're not explaining any of this. (laughs) Yeah. So so the interviewer says, so you... you (laughs) so you did have to cut things to make it match up with no way home is that accurate and the guy goes yes because we have to match i didn't know how the transport transportation would look like in that
0: oh my god uh
1: let me see let me see the thing is okay, okay, okay 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 so he goes Okay, so he says Vulture Okay, I said going that's fair. Morbius is interested in the Vulture in the first place. Okay, so I'm, I, there's there's a line where he said, like, okay, so, sure, nothing in the movie is established that Morbius... Okay. So the interviewer, at one point in the, during the interview, the interviewer says, okay, sure, but that's nothing in the movie that establishes that Morbius has any beef with Spider-Man whatsoever, though. And the guy goes, oh, exactly. The director goes, oh, exactly. I think that's more of one of those scenes that are are made than when you have the scenes before that movie comes along... You, <laughs> that will explain that rep- reposition.
0: What? I know, right? Word salad.
1: Um, so, yeah, it's like, this is like just a jumbled mess of like, what in the fuck was any of this? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did, I will admit. What? There's one scene where he's flying, where Michael Morris is flying, and he's wearing the jacket with like the purple lining. Uh-huh. It did look pretty cool
0: it did but also i thought it looked cheap like like an anime
1: yeah yeah like i said totally like
0: sailor moon or some shit
1: (laughs) i think taylor moon sailor movie is so much better than this you know what this is what i'll go and say i think the count from sesame street has a better character development than michael morbius in this fucking movie
0: cinematic of Richard Linklater's Waking Life.
1: Your life is yours to create. Yeah, maybe I only exist in your mind. I'm still just as real as anything else. It seemed like
0: I'd walked into an alternate universe. You haven't met yourself yet. I want real human moments. I'm not in an objective, rational world. I'm just trying to get, like, a a sense of of where I am.
1: Just wake up.
0: Do you remember me? It's like I'm being prepared for something. This film came out in 2001. And the synopsis is: A man shuffles through a dream, meeting various people and discussing the meanings and purposes of the universe. Directed and written by Richard Linklater, it stars Wiley Wiggins and a fuck ton of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I could I I could have listed them all down. When I was like, ah, oh, there's a lot of people that in that are in this movie.
0: Alex Jones is in it.
1: <laughs> That's true. Ethan Hawke is in it. Uh, and uh,
0: what's her name something Delphi
1: yeah uh, Julia Delphi uh, they're in this movie as well uh, so yeah Richard Linklanders um, Waking Life I remember seeing this Whew. I think it was it must have been like maybe like three or four years out of high school um, it was when I was I, I think I might have seen this on like the IFC channel or maybe I rented a copy of it or something like that but this was like when I was like really like knee deep in like philosophy, mm-hmm. and then like trying to find like the weirdest type of like filmmaking and stuff like that, or like storytelling. And I remember seeing this movie and being like, "This is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my entire life," because mm-hmm. it just like blew my mind. And because I, I love the art style of it, um, I I used to say that it's like wa- it's like watching a painting move, you oh, know, yeah. like watercolors and stuff like that, really intense and shit like that. And I. And there's, like, the conversations and stuff like that, which is, like, so intense for me. Uh, plus, I was doing a copious amount of drugs. <laughs> so you know that. I think that it kind of amplified it. Um, however, no one gives a shit what I think. What does Kelsey think about this movie?
0: Uh, very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. There are times where I thought it was up its own ass. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It does kind it, of get it, up it its com- own ass. It
1: does get there uh, quite a few times.
0: Um. I also would have liked to have seen the character freak out a little bit more than he did mm-hmm. about not being able to wake up.
1: Yeah, because like towards closer to towards the end of the movie, it, his dreams are getting more intense, and he's more like dropping into these weird conversations that almost make like no sense whatsoever at all.
0: I think it's after he has that conversation with the one guy in like the old church room or whatever, where mm. he's like, "How you know you're in a dream is if you." turn on and off the lights oh they yeah, yeah they don't turn on or off they yeah. stay the same yeah and he turned off the light and it stayed on
1: yeah that, and then
0: he realizes after that that he is like in a dream
1: so yeah that dude i rem- that that's one of the conversations i remember the most in this movie because when he's because because he brings up about um oh yeah like you know, you're in a dream, but like the cool thing about it is like when you realize you're in a dream, you can do like the most wildest stuff ever, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing that and I was like, holy shit, can you fucking do that? And I used to do that in my dreams. Like I, like somehow it was like I was able to like connect and be like, okay, I'm in a dream. And then I would try to do like some crazy shit like as far as I can go, like maybe fly or run really fast or like something that's like fully crazy.
0: I never could get that far. I've tried it before. Uh Uh-huh. Usually, if I don't like what's happening, I can lessen it a little bit, but I can't make it stop. Like, I regularly have dreams where I'm like falling from really, really high, Uh and then I realize it's because I'm jumping really, really high. Oh, okay. So, but the descent is always really terrifying for me. Um, but it happens to me a lot, but once I realize. That it's just because I jump really high then mm. I just don't jump as high.
1: I, I used to do that, too. In some of my dreams, I would think, like, okay, I'm a fly. But I couldn't fly as high as I wanted to go. Like, I would just fly as high as, like, above a house or something. Like, or, like, 20 feet above a house.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, that guy who had who told, who, uh, in the part of the movie I was referring to, his name is John uh, Christensen. Uh, his 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 character name is Guy talking about turning the light on in dreams. <laughs> That's <a sense> his <laughs> character name.
0: Um, and then.
1: <laughs> Sorry, folks, that was me blowing my nose. <laughs> Allergies is a bitch.
0: Um, what was I gonna say? I thought some of the philosophy was really cool, but some of it was really like wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Um like really wackadoo
1: yeah some of it was like because it seems like they're pulling like a lot of from like all different like types of philosophy and people's like personal philosophy on like life and like reality and stuff like that and some of it can get kind of jumbled up where you're just like all right this person's just talking
0: like about nothing
1: yeah yeah um so what did you this this is the first this uh waking life is the first um Film, the first digitally rotoscope animated uh, feature film. Um, Now, did you kind of see like the first one? What did you think about how it looks?
0: I think that that was. It's weird because I don't know that I've seen very many. Like, obviously, I haven't seen very many rotoscope. So Mm. now I'm up to three.
1: Yeah. Well, four if you want. If you count in uh, heavy metal. Yeah, I don't count that. Okay.
0: <laughs> I feel like um, there's no way to top the original.
1: Oh, Waking Live*.
0: hmm Yeah. I honestly feel like it came out the best out of any of the ones I've seen.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's funny because, like, as we were talking about um, Apollo 10 and a half, you know, we were kind of, like, going in about, like, oh, he kind, of, Linklater should have, like, leaned harder into using the technology at its fullest, right? Especially... Especially how the technology is now, you can really—it's—it's it's not so much time-consuming as it was back then. Uh, like for example, like this movie, it took like three weeks to shoot it, three weeks to edit it on Final Cut Pro, but took fifteen months to animate it. But mm-hmm. that time is like dwindled a lot because of technology, right? But the fact that like this movie, which is essentially just people just talking about stuff uh-huh. and like talking about what's in their mind, it goes full on bonkers. Like, it really utilizes the whole technology.
0: Yeah, like, there are people that are, like, their heads are... There's one guy who's talking, and the louder he talks, Mm. or the more he talks about things expanding, Uh. his head gets bigger.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, the guy, uh, he's, like, talking about, like, technology and how AI is like this, and how it works with memory and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or there's even, like, the part where, like, Cause Alex Jones shows up in this movie before he became Alex Jones that we know, and like the angrier he got, the redder he got. Yeah. Right. But it didn't look like comical. It looked more like just an intense painting. Yeah. Of him bearing red
0: Or there was another guy who was talking about uh, having a holy moment. Uh huh. Which I was hilarious.
1: <laughs> which one was that one? The holy moment.
0: Um, they were just like, okay. But if you, we have a holy moment together, we can be connected even though we don't know each other. <laughs> and then they just sit there and stare at each other.
1: Oh, yeah. And the dude was, like, charged into a cl- like a set of clouds and shit like that.
0: Uh, I don't remember that part. But I know oh, okay. that, that he had, like, sparks in between his hands. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and But his eyes kept doing, like, like really big. like Yeah. Really and it intense. almost made you think of, like, really old paintings of God where his eyes are really big and almost watery. Yeah. Like, uh. Like he's about to kill you. <laughs> uh,
1: um, and, and one scene in, in this movie that it's, it's, it's it, the story is so fucking pointless, but I remember, I think that's the story I, I remember the most is the one about the guy telling. Um, <laughs> I already know which one you're That gonna he say. worked at a gas station and how there's a guy like trying to steal tires. And he's like, the guy trying to steal tires is like running towards the other dude. And the guy pulls out a gun and it's like, and he does this thing where he goes, poo, 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 like just that sound. <laughs> I remember it so well. Uh, I like that. And I always like how the, how it ends where the guy's like, yeah, I've always carried a gun with me ever since. Matter of fact, I don't know what fires. I don't know if it fires. And the bartender's like, don't you try trying again. Blah! guy gets shot. Pull out a gun. Blah!
0: <laughs> so they both shot each other. Yeah. I remember, what did you say at the end of that? Um, I was talking about the guy who was telling the story and I was like, he sounds like I don't know, like a conservative or something.
1: No, no, but you said, like, when that when that segment ended, you're I think you said something like, what was even the point of that one?
0: Oh, yeah, that one really didn't have a point. <laughs> no, it was like um, the guy was just talking to hear himself talk the way people do sometimes. Like, like that story didn't need to be told, and he was so proud of this moment that he just fucking murdered somebody.
1: Well, you know, he he doesn't know he murdered him. He just saw a lot of blood.
0: Yeah, and he's like, "Look what I did! so <laughs> fucking cool?" Hey, you know what? Pin, pin, pin. If, if that
1: happened to me, I'd be telling that story too in bars.
0: <laughs> I'd be telling it. Yeah, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference of the way you tell stories. Like if you told the story, I'm sure you'd be like, "I don't know what was wrong with him," mm. but I like I I had to defend myself. Like you would sound intelligent, not like some asshole who tried <laughs> to tell a story because you one up somebody and you um. ended up killing him.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Is there? Is I mean, so we're not we're not gonna like focus on like the actor or anything like that because like I said, it's just people just talking, and you can tell, you can tell there was like there's a script. It was written by Richard Linklater. There's a script, but I feel like it's a very thin script. It's yeah, very like, like
0: tell us like like they went to like some professor that specializes in something. Yeah, so yeah. Go ahead and talk about this thing that you yeah. know so much about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, what's your topic? You know, okay, cool. Let's go, and I'll work with the camera and stuff like that. Um, but like. I, I wanted to ask Kelsey, like, what is there any of these stories or tales that like really was like, oh shit, like it really like connected with you? Because there's so many going on.
0: There, I think there were a couple. Mm. I don't remember the very first few, uh-huh. but I know they were the ones that were the most poignant to me. Okay, but I do remember the one about the energy, mm. and I think that's the one that resonated the most with me.
1: Is that the one where it was Ethan Hawke and Julia Deppi in the bed talking to each other about?
0: no i think it was after that
1: okay um one, one of them that i do one of one of the stories that i do like and i i i guess i and i guess i kind of had this philosophy even before i saw this movie um it was at the beginning when um the main character played by uh wiley wiggins he gets into a car that's like in the shape of a boat
0: he <laughs> so he gets into the car with spongebob
1: yeah exactly and uh you know richard Linklater is the is the second passenger even though they don't say it's him but it's if you know his face you you know that's him but like what the guy says about like the boat about like it's like his form of entertainment like he sees through this window and he sees life he's like it could be anything that he looks out this window you're just seeing existence and movement and stuff like that and then there's this part there's this part where Link Lander's character is like... Well, the kid... The the guy's like, where do you want to go? And the guy's, the kid, the main character, is like... Um, I don't know. Just drop me off anywhere. And, you know, the guy... So he's like, well, I still need... I need to know where you want to go. I'll drop you off anywhere. Just tell me where. And Link Lander's character is like... Okay. Gives him directions like... Turn left here. Turn right here. Go past the street. Blah, 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 blah. And the main character goes like... Well, where's that? And the guy's like... He goes quiet. And then the the driver says... I don't know where... Where's he... I don't know... Where we're going, but wherever it it he'll. Um,
0: you have to go there.
1: No, no, no. But he'll say like, "Oh, it'll it'll set you on the course for the set you on a course for the rest of your life." Yeah. And I've always been like, "Wow, that's fucking intense, man."
0: <laughs> like I'm like, "Yeah, that makes sense.
1: That makes truly so much sense in everything." And that's yeah. that's kind of like one of the that's like one kind of one of my philosophies. Like wherever you go, it really dictates the course of your life. It is. It is not even like. I went to Mexico or I went to, like, a foreign country and it takes the rest of my life. It can be as simple as, like, I'm going to the store. Because something can happen while you're at the store that just mm-hmm. turns your entire world upside down.
0: There are times where I've been late for something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sure I was meant to be late. Because if I wasn't late, then I probably would have been in a car accident.
1: I have a, I have a complete... I actually have a story about that. Um, w- one of my delivery jobs, I went to a... Um, so I had to go. I had to make a delivery, but I got held up there, right? And I was like, "Fuck, okay." And I was, I, I had to stop to like get some to drink. So I went to a liquor store to like get like a soda or something like that, right? And the guy, the register had, there was a guy in front of me who held, who held up the line because he was taking too long to like bring out his change and count them all and everything. Mm-hmm. So guy finally pays. I finally pay. I get in my car. I go. I'm about to exit the the exit way into the street, right? If I was a few seconds sooner, um the car that was barreling down the street that mm-hmm. was being chased by cops would have just smash right into my truck. And it was going Hard and fast. Mm. So that split second of like, holy shit! I because been that
0: up. guy was holding up the line.
1: But it, it was not. It was not just that. It was like this one delivery held me up and stuff like that. And it, you know, it happened on my birthday too. Yeah. So that could have been like, happy birthday. I'm crippled now.
0: <laughs> or dead. Or dead. <laughs>
1: Maybe I did die.
0: Maybe you're mm-hmm. in a fever dream.
1: I know, right? This is like an alternate universe or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there any is there anything that stuck out with you in terms of the, the style of the animation? Some of
0: the, the things he was doing with their hair was a little disconcerting. Really. Especially the the red headed lady with like the braids or the twists. Oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't right. like that at all. Mm. It was unsettling. Because mm. you know how it is, like I'm sure, I'm sure it's worse for you, but sometimes if I see something like it just kinda creeps me out. It doesn't matter yeah that you, it's animated or it's just hair but it's not mm. real hair and it was really kind of almost ominous
1: yeah you had you had actually said that like the first scene where the kid is at the train station making a phone call and he looks at a woman and he stares at her long enough and it looks like her face is melting you, oh
0: yeah i'm like i i guarantee you this is probably what you see when that happens to you to me
1: yeah it's surprising that actually hasn't happened to me for a while um so, oh yeah <laughs> So I have this thing, I mean, this is for folks who don't know, I have this thing about uh, when I'm about to have an anxiety attack where I have these really, I start having these really intense hallucinations. Um, it is, I, you know, I've talked to my therapist and he says like, yeah, that's one of the symptoms of, cause your mind is like working in overload mode. Um, and I used to do this thing, I used to have this thing where like, if I look at somebody long enough, I see their face melting and I'm mm-hmm. like, holy shit, an anxiety attack is coming. Like I need to like find a way to like tame that shit.
0: I don't. You know what? I have something similar, but it's not really melting. It's just Mm. like I can't focus on their face anymore. Like it's not. um, Like if I get anxiety, I can't focus on their face, and they look like everything becomes really whitewashed.
1: You you kind of have they
0: almost become faceless.
1: You kind of have that thing. It's like face blindness, right? But that's more of like
0: kind of like I have a hard time remembering what people look like or mm. like. Sometimes I think people look alike mm-hmm. that look nothing alike. When I see them side by side, I'm like, why did I think that? And I also actually am able to recognize people more by how they make me feel and their energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I, I like the story about the energy.
1: Yeah, you really connect. Because I remember you really did connect with that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like love about this movie is that you can watch it, stop it, and start talking like it really after it a,
0: each little episode.
1: Yeah, it really gets into this whole like philosophical discussion that you can have with with anybody who is of that mindset who like kind of follows that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, like your whole like energy thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like I recognize people by how they f- how like their presence. Mm-hmm. It's like like if I was actually blind and I couldn't see them, but I could hear them.
1: Uh-huh. so you're more like a like an energy daredevil type person
0: (laughs) well i'm not like an energy vampire uh but uh, like like, um
1: what's his name from what we do in the shadows
0: yeah i'm not i'm not him uh but i'm like a like a like an energy hippie
1: an energy hippie oh please explain that (laughs) explain what is that what's an energy hippie
0: (laughs) someone who just lets the energy flow through them peace
1: and love y'all god yeah that's so full of shit about <laughs> peace and love y'all <laughs> jesus um wow uh yeah so i i think i i think this was i think this was actually the first link letter movie that i saw and when i saw it, i was just like i gotta see everything he and you're every like day. i
0: love him I, I that's the
1: thing i love i really do enjoy link letters work um some of it, not all of it.
0: Um obviously not the one we've talked about already.
1: Yeah. And I, I am I'm so glad that like after this and not not directly after this, but like he went on let me let me see his his uh filmography. Cause I don't think I think after he did this, he went on to do um let me pull up his list right now. So after after Linklater did uh Waking Life, he did do like so he was he was there doing the 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 indie boom, which is like he did Slackers. That's one of his like seminal films. Um, he did Days Confused. A lot of quotable lines from that one. Um, let me see. Wow, oh, there's a line. Oh, oh, of course. And then he did Before Sunrise. He did Suburbia, The Noon Boys. Wow, The Noon Boys. Oof, that's not a good one at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, he did. And yeah, the Newton Boys is more mainstream. Oh, my God. I forgot the Newton Boys. Newton Boys, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Meth McConaughey, Skeet Ulrich, and Ethan Hawke.
0: He really loves Whoa. Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Ethan.
1: He loves working with that dude. Him and um, uh, Julia Depley. Um, but, yeah, he did... After the Newton Boys... From the looks of it, after he did the Newton Boys which is more of a studio movie, he jumped from that and he did Waking Life. And he did School of Rock. I feel like you might have seen School of Rock. Nope. That's that's another like
0: I know what it is. Yeah. That, I know Jack Black is in that one too.
1: Yeah, that's like a movie that like a lot of a lot of people like grew up watching as part of um he did Fast Food Nation which is really good. It's like a semi-documentary on like the fast food industry. Um and then he did after like a number of movies, uh, about let's see, oh not that long. Okay, so after so after about five years of doing Waking Life, he came back and he did a Scanner Darkly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love a Scanner Darkly. To me, that's I'm one. actually
0: surprised you didn't choose that one instead of Waking Life because I, I wanted us,
1: I wanted you to, I wanted you to go, I wanted to show you like. Where it started. Yeah, Yeah. where it started. And I I would, I honestly want to show you Scanner Darkly to show you like the progression of his, of his, uh, rotoscoping and his his type of directing. Um, so I have this funny story about Scanner Darkly. Um, I. Is it
0: better than the funny story about you running away from Target? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, no. I feel like you should end the show with that story.
1: Okay, I'll I'll end it, but like I'll end this I'll I'll end the episode with that story. But I I want to talk about Scanner Darkly, right? Yeah, yeah. So I saw a trailer for Scanner Darkly, right? And I was like, holy shit, right? Uh It was it's a movie based off a Philip K. Dick book, and I was all about Philip K. Dick's material at that time. Um, It starred Keanu Reeves, Robert Downey Jr. Woody Harrison and uh, Winona Ryder, uh-huh. right? This, and this was an independent film, right? And the rotoscoping technology had been amplified. It looked so much better. I was like, I got to see this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow, I don't know how, somehow I was able, oh, it was doing the LA Film Festival years ago, right? Mm-hmm. I found out that they were doing the premiere of A Scanner Darkly. Right, at the LA Film Festival and I can't remember the location. I still have the ticket too. I still have the fucking ticket to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Alright, I'm going to this premiere. Keanu Reeves might be there.
0: Oh holy my shit.
1: <laughs> okay. So I go to this premiere. And out and there's a, a girl I was dating at the time. Tickets were like 10 bucks too.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Right? Got in, was watching uh, was watching Scanner Darkly. I was like, wow, holy shit, you guys blow my mind, blow my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, it's getting like it gets to the it gets to the credits. And normally, when like a movie premieres, you actually like you'll stay there as the credits are going because sometimes the director will come out doing Q and A, or they just people just want you know it's out of respect. Mm -hmm. Um, somebody gets up and starts running down the aisle, up up to the aisle to leave, right? And I see it's Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. So I was thinking, maybe he went to the bathroom.
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> so I I tell I look at the girl I'm dating. The girl I was dating time, I look at her and I say, "I'm gonna go see if I can. I'm gonna go see if I can if I can see Keanu Reeves, right?" So I go to the bathroom, and he's not there. Right? I'm like, "Oh man, fuck."
0: All right. Well, whatever.
1: I go use the bathroom. Done. I uh, go and wash my hands, and all of a sudden I hear a toilet flush, and then somebody steps out, and I look in the mirror, and it's Keanu Reeves. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> he washes his hands, and he's like doing that, and I'm like, oh shit! I'm like shaking, like, oh my god, it's fucking Keanu Reeves. And I and I look at him, and I, I said, "Excuse me, Mr. Reeves," and he like looks at me, he goes, "Yes," and I go, "I just want to say, I, I'm a huge fan of your movies. I l- like." you're johnny utah like you're neo you're i'm just like all blown away by this right and i just tell him like oh man like your moves on this 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 and everything he goes he's oh cool i appreciate i appreciate it right and i'm standing there for a second my hands are wet (laughs) and he looks at me he looks at my hands uh, he looks at me he looks at my hands and then he goes pulls two paper towels and goes towel (laughs) (laughs) i'm like Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. And I dry my hands on. I look up. He's like out the door.
0: Yeah, he's like, whoo, got away from that weirdo. I know, right?
1: Little did he know that I would interview him years later. Oh, he
0: probably didn't recognize you. Oh, he wouldn't
1: recognize me. He wouldn't recognize. I, I look different. (laughs) You
0: kind of insulted him too, so. I didn't insult him.
1: I did not insult him. (laughs) Kind of, but I didn't. It was a bad movie. Okay. Even the PR people knew it was a bad movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> they asked my honest opinion about that. um <laughs> But yeah, I just want to share that that cool like, Keanu Reeves story. Yeah!
0: yeah. Anyway, you're always bumping into people. I know, right? And even like
1: at times, I'm like, I shouldn't nerd out. I start nerding out like fucking Edgar Wright. I
0: that dude makes me weak at the knees. <laughs> or that fucking that girl at WonderCon. <laughs> oh abigail morris yeah. <laughs> i know right oh, you, I, was like, I thought you got a little bit kind of like nervous like your palms are sweaty well,
1: yeah i mean well i mean not only because like
0: i mean well and i felt like a fucking normie because she's like trying to do her a whole i don't i couldn't tell if she was being genuine uh, or if she was putting on a show mm-hmm. because she was like hey i like your hair and like different things i was kind of like like, like it would almost genuine. be like hitting on someone
1: i think she was being genuine because she, she didn't have to be genuine like like, like i didn't even ask I, I didn't even ask to take a picture she was like you want to take a picture of me or with me and i was like yeah sure
0: hmm. i think it was genuine. i think it was part of the thing because she was there to be in the public so she's like hey like i'm the girl next door
1: oh yeah the that girl next you, ge- door who that
0: you like to fuck
1: i know who looks like who was dressed like chucky
0: with her ass hanging yeah,
1: out. Yeah, with a huge butt and huge tits. <laughs> totally Chucky. <laughs> totally Chucky. Um,
0: I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, the girl next door with a knife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so, so all in all, Kelsey, um, do you think this movie still holds up?
0: Yes. Yes. Why? Um, because, like all of the things that were talked about are things that people still talk about. Mm. Um, And it's a conversation starter. Uh, It really gets people thinking in ways, Mm. good or bad, but still, like, it gets you talking, gets you thinking, gets um, visually interesting, Mm. and um, I think it's directed well.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to... I share the same sentiment. Um, you know, the the filmmaking is very innovative. Um, it sucks that it hasn't really picked up as much as it it should. Uh, it's, it is a very niche type of filmmaking. One because it can be very expensive, and two, it can be very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been stated that like this movie took about up to two hundred fifty hours just to animate one one minute of the movie. Mm. but like i said technology has gone has gone faster or has caught up it's you know like we have amazon primes uh or amazon studios uh the undone or just undone Mm -hmm. that uses the rotoscoping technology um to some extent a bit intense like how this movie how waking life does but like i said it's not done enough to justify like the cost for it um i'm sorry not justify enough the demand is not high enough Mm -hmm. to justify it being more of a regular thing um but yeah, like I, I still love this movie. Even like after watching, I was like, "Damn, there's a reason why I still like this movie."
0: Yeah, I think it's just because people don't want to see animated stuff all the time. Yeah, it's still even though this movie's not for kids, it's still kind of not very grown up in that sense because mm-hmm. it's it follows this guy who's really kind of young, mm-hmm. and it's animated. Yeah,
1: so so some of, so some of the niche films that are that use the rotoscope technology to some extent um, it's like fire and ice uh, cool world uh, wizards uh, the Lord of the Rings um, it uses rotoscoping to some extent um, like I said there's a movie called the spine of night that's on Shutter that uses it like to its full extent I, I've interviewed the the directors of that movie and their story is way interesting of why they did that this uh type of storytelling um who framed Razor rabbit, rabbit is like a level of rotoscoping but not like to like a scanner darkly or like waking life level where like the entire movie is that yeah um but yeah if you folks oh yeah i remember there's like re- renaissance too Ooh, that was not a good movie um <laughs> so yeah if you folks want to check out like something that is that it uses the rotoscope technology like i said go to scanner darkly uh fire and ice cool world uh spine of night um
0: and, the, and then of course there's uh full metal
1: full metal. or heavy metal oh yeah heavy metal heavy metal does it in the old-fashioned way um or like the movie that we watch apollo 10 and a half that uses rotoscoping technology it's not as intense as it can be but it's something to like it's Get a, it's feet a wet. yeah it's it's a bit tamer and yeah. i think and i think that's one of the things that pulls people away they're like oh that's a little too hard you know for me um but i like it i, I still love this movie um is there anything else Alright, so that's going to be it for our show for this week Uh, We want to thank everybody for joining us uh, For this week's show Uh, We especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner For hosting this podcast on their website Uh, You can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews At yourentertainmentcorner.com Where Kelsey writes at Um, Also you can find this episode on Podcast Catchers We're all over the place Next week Oh, I know Kelsey's been looking for this. Looking forward to this one. Mm -hmm. Next week, our recent review is going to be Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yep. Uh, That
0: seems like one of those, uh, it feels like a script that people wouldn't touch. When you watch the trailer, it's like. You gotta be batshit fucking crazy to want to make this movie, to even attempt it, because it looks great on paper, but how the fuck do you do it?
1: I was thinking about that when I was uh, driving to my uh, eye exam. I was like, I was picturing, like, the script, and I'm like, man, that script must have been fucking intense. Like, you have to be, like, you have to have that script packed up, like, tight to, like, get that shit uh, produced.
0: Or, like... Go past your 90 pages. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. And just know that maybe two pages is a whole minute instead of one. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that is currently in theaters, but it's going to be out nationwide on Friday, April 8th. Woo! These allergies are kicking my ass. Mm. So, with that, we are going to do our geriatric cinematic, which is uh, Donnie Darko. Uh, The... Fuck! What year is Donnie Darko? With Jake
0: Gyllenhaal in that one?
1: Yes, it is the 2000. We're going back to 2001. Uh, the Donnie Darko film, written and directed by Richard Kelly, um, that is streaming on HBO Max and is available to rent on Apple TV, Amazon, YouTube TV, or VOD services. Uh, the top or the terpic of that week is uh, what universe is this again? Ah. So Kelsey alluded to <laughs> me running out of Target earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's how the story goes. I'm going to try to make it quick as possible. Um, I work from home uh, most of the time. And that allows me to go, like, kind of take care of stuff really quick. I have to step out during lunch or whatever, just to handle my business.
0: Or, so, like, grab an energy drink or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like, ha- I stepped out to go uh, to get an eye exam done. Um and it's gonna be really quick, maybe like 20-30 minutes tops, right? And I had already had to move the appointment from this morning to the afternoon, or the morning of this recording to the afternoon because there was a company meeting. I was like,
0: fuck. And it was last minute, you didn't even know yeah it was gonna it,
1: come. Yeah, it like ha- I made this appointment last week. I woke up this morning, they're like, boom, you had we have a meeting to go, to do. I'm like, alright. So, like three o'clock hits, or it's about to be three o'clock. I'm like Park my car i'm like walking to target and everything all of a sudden i get like a message on slack from uh one of my co-workers saying like hey mark uh you have a minute so we can sync up meaning like we can chat i'm like oh shit i'm supposed to be at home working so i turn around and i just bolt out the door like boom like gone <laughs> <laughs> like that like i i ran out of there so fast you would have thought my ass had stole something
0: because it wasn't it wasn't an hr person it was like
1: what kind of what he person? was a, he was a recruiter he was he, <laughs> yes. i i get i get home i'm like hey i like and i t- i mess back like oh yeah i just stepped out to get an energy drink he says all right like call me this afternoon it's not important just hit me up i'm like i'm thinking like oh my god
0: they they're gonna fire me they're gonna
1: fire me they know i'm not in front of my laptop oh my god i'm freaking out I talked to the guy, he's like, hey Mark, just wanna see how everything's going, how are you feeling within the company, are you are you okay? Are you satisfied with what we're doing? Well I was. <laughs> I was, I was. <laughs>